You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 134. Hey y'all, it's Bro Lady here again. I am dropping in to let you know that we are replaying one of our favorite episodes. We are replaying episode 59 with Mr. Daryl Strawberry. This was an incredible opportunity for the bros to talk to Daryl all about his career and his latest book. So listen in. If you haven't heard this one, you are in for a treat. And if you heard it before, listen in. I'm sure you'll pick up something new. We'll see you next week with a new episode. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world. And we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life. And let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 59. Cinquenta Nueve. Ah! On today's cast, we got a special guest with us today. I'm very excited about personally because I'm a baseball player, played through college myself, and that is Daryl Strawberry, who is an eight-time All-Star, four-time World Series MVP, I mean World Series champion, rookie of the year, a lot of accolades, but I think more importantly what you're going to see today is He's an ambassador for the Lord, um, has a really neat story. He's got a new book out, which we're going to talk about. So some exciting things to discuss today. So welcome aboard, Daryl. Thanks. Thanks for having me with you guys. Who's driving your car, huh? I like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's he is it, very right excited there. about this, having another baseball guy on the cast today. So he's been looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, Daryl. And um, before we kind of hop into what we're here to talk about today, we, we want to do a little kind of pre-warm up with you, so to speak, little stretch toss for the analogy in the baseball world. And that's we play a little game called Would You Rather. Um, so Craig's got it this week. We don't know what it is, John and I and yourself. And we'll see what he's got for us. Hey, Daryl. So uh, this part, we just kind of throw out a would you rather. And since... Uh, we have such a special guest today. I thought we would do a baseball edition. Uh, so this will be fun. All right. And this kind of goes for you and all the other two guys. Would you rather be a mascot during a summer baseball game when it's 100 degrees for a full nine innings wearing the hat and all <laughs> or take a wild fastball from Nolan Ryan that missed its target and you pretty much you're the target? So, so a wild pitch from Nolan Ryan? <laughs> Which you may have experienced, I don't know, or or wear the mascot uh, for a full full nine innings. I would rather take a wild pitch from Nolan because <laughs> it would be hot in that outfit in, in, in the summer. You know, mascot. I could imagine what people would go through working like that. But you know, I take a chance. You take a chance taking the fastball from Nolan Ryan too. Awesome. What do you guys. think, John? Well, I think I'd probably have to go and uh, suit up and test my endurance in uh, the heat. Uh, pretty used to the hot environment down here, and uh, I don't know. I don't. 
I don't think I'd want to take a fastball from Nolan Ryan. I think I would oh, rather so- get in the suit and sounds- dance around and have a good time. Chicken. He sounds chicken. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopping in with you, Daryl. I'd rather take. I'd rather take it. But then again, I've been in the box a little bit, not not versus Nolan Ryan. But I'd rather take the hit and be done. That's a long, a long day in the suit. I don't really want to be acting out either. So I'd rather take the yeah. take the hit by pitch too. <laughs> And I'm with you guys. I'm gonna if I have a helmet on and I can turn. I think I'll be all right. But I'm gonna take. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Only chicken in the group. Here we go. (laughs) Well, look, Daryl. Hopping into to some about what we're here about today. I know we want to talk about your book some, and I think that's a cool place to start. Um, We've gone through the book. I've read it. John's gone read it, and I think Craig's good bit of the way through. So I'm, I'm really impressed. I know it's, is this your second book to write? And this one's called um, Turn Your Season Around, right? This one's called Turn My Season Around. I've written a book before, a New York Times bestseller. Uh, was about straw, my personal life, you know, finding your way and everything. And, but this book was a little different here, you know, because of the trans, transformation of my life and where I've been and, you know, what I've been doing and what I've been trying to get out there to people, to encourage people, uh, during these very challenging times that God is still God, you know, he's still answering. You know, we're looking for man to fix every situation. And I think we're going in the wrong direction when we're looking at that. Um, and as you can see, you know, we are in some very challenging times. So, and the thing about it was when you understand the Bible, you know, they were in challenging times back in those days too, you know, but God was still the answer and, and we must not forget about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there, you know, every time has a challenge to go through. And, uh, you know, we certainly have our share of it going on today. Um, you know, what was one of the things that uh, was a big turning point for you as far as your conversion and turning back to the Lord? Well, I think it's very simple, uh, but it's complicated for complicated people. You know, we're sure. You know, it's a very simple message, you know, for you to get back on track through other people. And, and I think, you know, with my wife leading me back into church and, and, and getting serious, you know, we're finally getting serious in church and not just going to church. And I think a lot of men have problems just not making a commitment. And I just needed to make a commitment. I was no different than any other man that makes a commitment, decide to make a commitment or not. So I finally got to that place where I was going to make a commitment and give God my heart and not my head anymore because I think... I was straddling that fence for a very long time and I just didn't want to be a hypocrite anymore. I didn't want to be saying God's name, Jesus, and, and, and not really actually living it. And, you know, I got to the place of, you know, finally living it and start, and it got to a place where I finally got discipled. Discipleship is so important uh, for anybody to, to be able to grow and, and get to where God really wants them to get. So I think that was a real key to me making a change. You know what I think is interesting about that too, Daryl. I was reading in the book that you were you made the commitment, the decision to do it, but then you had to discipline yourself, kind of go through the process. I guess the analogy could be said to to play in ball. Um, you know, you can want to be good at it, but you got to practice it. You got to put the effort in. You got to put the repetitions in. I thought that was a pretty neat thing. Can you tell us some about the process of? It's kind of almost anything in life. You get to start doing something and then ah, I could wear off over time or you can start second guessing yourself or you have the attack from the enemy, which you talk about sometimes. But being able to really stay that course and trying to um, really further that relationship with the Lord. Yeah, you got to stay the course. You got to stay in. You got to stay in regardless of what's coming along, what you're going through and everything. I think a lot of times when we go through hard times, we have a tendency of walking away and, and not believing that this worked. 
and it works, but it's a process. And I think that's what most people don't understand. You know, God has to get you to a place where he has empowered you with his wisdom and knowledge. And that's not overnight. You know, it took me seven years of sitting. I had to sit for seven years, guys, you know, to be able to get this wisdom and knowledge from God, because I do know one thing that he knows about every last one of us. If you say his name and you're living for him and you're trying to live away and you don't have a foundation, he knows clearly that the enemy is coming and he knows the enemy is going to destroy you because you don't have a foundation. You have built your you have built your house on sand, not the rock, you know, and a lot of us build our house on the sand. And guess what? When it's, when the wind blows, you know, it just blows the house away. You know, and it's the same thing what it does to us. If we don't have that rock foundation uh, being equipped, we're going to go back to the familiar way of life. It's just the nature of us. You know, Daryl, how do you, you mentioned um, about practicing self-indulgence now, S-I-N, or sin, and why it's so destructive. You know, as men, you know, I think we all focus on how are we going to provide and this and that. And next thing you know, we're making money, we're having careers, and there's all these, you know, all these temptations in the world and all these self-indulgences that all of us face or struggle at some point in our life. I guess, what, what are your comments on sort of like as a man or, or a woman who's starting going through life and find themselves going down the wrong path, how to discern, hey, it's time for a change, or what are some things that kind of uh, stirred within you to help you find that new path that maybe we could share with ourselves and others? I think you have to really uh, disconnect yourself with people who are, who are not living, you know, according like we are. You know, that's, that's the first step. You know, it doesn't mean you have to not associate, but I just can't be, be I, had, I can't be connected. I think so many of us stay connected and we want to fit in and we want people to like us. Uh, but I'm different. You know, I live a different life. So I have to safeguard my life for real. And I have to avoid, you know, the temptations of what sin is because it's real. You know, the Bible talks about it for the wages of sin is death. You know, people don't understand it is deadly. And what does it do? It destroys families. It destroys marriages, you know, it destroys all kinds of things when we open ourselves up to it. So, and I think we all have a tendency of doing that. You know, I know I sure did. I had a tendency of just opening up to everything that I wanted and didn't realize that it was, it was, it not only affects me, but it's going to affect my kids if I don't break the cycle, you know, and I think it's a vicious cycle that's there that we should always think about our kids more than ourselves is I can't go down that road because I already know what's there. You know, instead of tasting sin, why don't, why don't I start tasting the sin, seeing how good the Lord is for real, you know, and, and see what happens. And I think a lot of times if we remove ourselves from a lot of situations where we know we don't supposed to go into, yeah. like parties or, you know, things. Yeah. 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 Yep. When we remove ourselves from that, then we become different inside. See, I remove myself from all of that, you know. I'm very careful about where I, I'm going into because I know that there's something there that I may like that may strike my eye and, and draw, draw attention. And I don't need to be in places like that. That's the real reality. I mean, I know we have a life or we have to deal with things, but I safeguard myself to the point where if I'm gonna go in a place, I know I got a time to get out and I need to get out on the time that I say I'm getting out. And I need not to, I need not to participate in, I don't drink, so I don't need not to participate in that. And I'll drink my water and I'm going to keep it simple and I'm going to keep it moving, guys. That's yeah, right, man. That's right. That's actually great. Yeah. That's great. Hey, Daryl, one of the things that you talked about in the book was uh, about how Jesus longs to heal us from our old wounds. Um, and a lot of people, I think, struggle with this. They feel like they get too far down a path that 
uh, they shouldn't be on and they don't know a way out of it. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about that aspect? Well, yeah, I really like to talk about Jesus. First, you have to know who Jesus really is, you know, and, and I think a lot of times we see people who say Jesus, but do they really know him? Uh, they know his name, but they don't know his power. And I was one of those particular people that knew his name and didn't know his power. So guess what? I had to stop being a hypocrite first. And I had to really know who he is, he, you know, really know that he went to the cross of Calvary and he shed his blood for a sinner like me and you that we may have life and may have it real more abundantly, like he said. But if I don't know that, then I can't, I can't receive that. You know, the only way I can receive that is by knowing that deep down in my heart and understanding the symbol of the cross and understanding who Jesus is. Jesus is a holy man. Jesus is a sinless man. All the rest of us are sinners that's saved by grace. He's never, he's never had sin in him. So I need to know who he is. And then I have to come to a place and believe in that. And that's why the book of John is so important for us to understand. The book of John is about believing, you know, the miracles of Jesus, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. Then he goes on to John 3, telling Nicodemus is less one is born again. He cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So you have to know all this stuff and have this revelation of who he is. And when you do know who he is, you don't have to, you don't have to debate with other people about who he is. That's one thing I don't debate about who he is because I found the information in the book. The information has always been in the book. It's always, my mother said, when are you going to pick up the book? My wife used to say, when are you going to pick up the book? And it wasn't until I picked up the book, the Bible, and the revelation is in the Bible of who we are through Jesus. That's the revelation. And if, we, if, if, I, if I give myself the time to understand and spend time with him, then he's going to give me the revelation of my life. He's always been there. I think the part is we're just not there consistently enough, and we miss out on how great he really is. Absolutely. Daryl, and can you maybe give a few tips about this you've alluded to? I, what I've been struck by is and I listen to you on our, our Dear Bro Ladies podcast. I've, I've seen documentaries on you. I've read the book. You have a real in-depth knowledge of the Bible, which I think is pretty impressive for that's not something that's just kind of picked up overnight. It seems you spent a lot of time with it. And like you said, you kind of sat there for seven years. Can you talk about some tips to give people who would say, hey, I, I know Jesus or I believe in Jesus or what can I do to really strengthen that relationship? Would you carve out time every day? Would you, was it some silence type meditation type work? What are some tools that you might be able to give to folks on in that regard? Well, that's a good question because it's about really spending quality time, you know, when the television's off, the cell phone's off and it's not around me and I'm just in a room quiet by myself. And first I'd you got to enter into a, like a meditation in your head and ask, invite the Holy Spirit in. And the reason why I say the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit taught me the Bible, you know, because I invited him in. Most people don't want to invite him in. They don't understand he's a part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So we miss out. We miss out on the real information because Jesus said, I'm going to send you one, the Comforter, and he's going to teach you all things in remembrance of me. And when you invite him in and ask him to help you, He'll teach you all things. That's who he is. He's, he's there waiting for people. And I think people don't take advantage of that. And he's so cool. You know, it's like he's there to guide you. He's there to help you understand the Bible. He's there to uh, give you the revelations of the scriptures. And, and once I got into that relationship with the Holy Spirit, I knew I could trust him. And I, I could ask him to teach me the scriptures. And he would teach me the scriptures. 
And then I would ask him to retain them for me. And he would retain them in my belly, not my head. So that's how people can grow when they start spending that time like that and get into that quiet place and say, Holy Spirit, show me the scriptures, teach me scriptures, help me retain them. And he'll reveal himself to you. And then you can have the relationship with him. I don't think, I think a lot of people don't enter in with him and give him the kind of relationship that he wants to have with you. And we miss out so much. So I'm glad that I started understanding that, understanding the importance of that. Cause I, listen guys, I don't know the Bible by myself. I know the Bible because I know the Holy Spirit. That's he has awesome. taught me the Bible. So, and then that's the, that's the key right there is knowing him because he's the teacher of all things. He will teach you if you call upon him and ask him. You know, Daryl, um, for somebody who might feel like their sin's too great, what they did is too grave, and they want to be in that place where they know the Holy Spirit and they can call upon Him for guidance to learn more about Him. Um, you mentioned something in your book about, uh, when I think about my scars from two cancer surgeries, I'm reminded of God's mercy and faithfulness. Um, how are scars important to our salvation story? I think about the scars being the, the bad things, the sins, and how maybe can they use that heavy, heavy sin or whatever it is that's that's weighing on them use that to maybe bring the springboard to get them into that relationship well your scars and your wounds and your sins are your victory because jesus got victory at the cross and that's what we have to learn about ourselves. i think so many of us don't want to share those things and i always say why are we so afraid to share our scars and our wounds and christ shared his scars and wounds with us and so if we can get past of being ashamed of who we are and realize that I'm nothing without a savior, then I can move forward. I can move forward and showing everything about me because guess what? If I show everything about me, he's going to heal me. That's the healing process of what we go through. And because we all have fallen short, it means some of us have fallen short. We all have fallen short because of, because of our sinful ways. God loves a sinner. I mean, Jesus loves the sinner. I mean, guess who he was preaching to? See, the scribes and the Pharisees, when you learn about them, they thought they had it all together. You know, they were pointing fingers. Who is he? Who is he to do this? And who is he to do that? You know, they kept pointing fingers at him, but they didn't realize that he was the Messiah. He's the healer. He came to heal. So along the ways he went, guess who he was healing? Broken people, lost people, sinners. So if I can understand that my fall is short, and, and being able to have a relationship with the Savior makes me better now because I know he's the healer of all things. He, it, whatever, whatever you go through, I look at my lifestyle. People only look at my lifestyle from a baseball standpoint, but I look at my lifestyle from a heathen standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, a womanizer, alcoholic, a drug addict, a sinner, you know, uh, saved by grace, completely understanding all that and being able to move forward because that no longer hinders me you know, because I gave it to Christ. And guess what? When you give, when you give that to him, now you receive the victory because he's the healer of all things. And I must always remember that you can't heal yourself. A doctor can heal you. I mean, a doctor can't heal you. A doctor can go in and do the surgery, but only God can be the healer in the midst of your surgery. Mm. And, that, and that's even going to the doctor. So I realized that in all things that I have to count as joy that I go through, because we all go through them for, for some reason, uh, to be able to get to the destiny that God has for us, because God has a great, greater place for us if we're willing to go there. That's awesome.
That's awesome. Uh, Daryl, one of the other things that was very impactful for me reading the story was I know your mother had a big part in raising you and had a lot of influence on you. And one of the other things that was really important to me reading it was uh, whenever you found her prayer book after she had passed away or a prayer journal and what her prayer was for you. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it and let you respond to it. Uh, And it said, God, knock him off his throne, whatever you have to do to save him. What was that like whenever you found that and read your mother's prayer for you? That had to be pretty, pretty potent. I I just had tears, you know, because I was living a heathen life, you know, and I was playing Major League Baseball and I had fame and fortune and my mother wasn't even concerned about my fame and fortune. She was concerned about my salvation. And at the end of the day, I think that's so important. That's what we as a nation and people have to get back to, especially being a father. You know, what is important? What's the legacy I want to leave with my kids? What I can achieve all these things or would I leave a legacy like my mother left? My mother left a legacy that Jesus is Lord, because guess what? God did end up knocking me off of my throne and he ended up saving me. He ended up finding me in the pit and putting me in a pulpit because I'm not qualified to do it. You know, <laughs> I already know that, <laughs> you know, but he finds us right where we at. And the prayers that was over my life came from my mother, you know, and, and that's why it's so, impo- it's so important for me being a father to continue to pray on my kids. Don't preach to them, you know, because my mother prayed over me, pray over them. Pray that God would touch them in a way. Pray that they would see the true meaning of what it is to live a life for Christ. And and that's what my mother prayed for me. And I it, it came to pass. You know, my mother didn't get to see me in the natural because when she when she crossed over, I was lost and I was broken. But she crossed over in faith, knowing that I had prayed over these kids, and it will come to pass. She believed that, and it did because I got saved. And guess what? I ended up leading my whole family. To the Lord. So it did come to pass. It did work. It, it worked out the way it's supposed to work out. And I think that's what we got to be encouraged about. You know, we might not get a chance to see it in the natural, but we need to, we need to, we need to pray about those things. If we need got, got our kids who are in trouble, wrong direction, we just need to pray about them and get out of the way. See my mother's dancing and having and looking at it and saying, well, I told Absolutely. you God was going to get it out of it, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really neat, too. Uh, you, I got the vibe just as much as I, I watched you smile when talking about the Lord and the Holy Spirit and whatnot about your mom. Um, I'm, they give me a hard time. I call my own mom, Lady J, very close to both my parents. And uh, I think it was pretty neat that, that you still have a, a really, probably see it more as time has gone on, but great respect and love and admiration for, me, for your mama. No question. I mean, the love that I have for her and, and I think about this woman, you know, what she did for us, you know, all the hell she had to go through with us kids acting crazy and living heathen lives. You know? <laughs> and there it was she on her face to God praying for us. And she would go home and be with the Lord and she would eventually see it come to pass. Her prayers come to pass that we would receive salvation. So, I mean, it's a, it's a remarkable way to understand the importance uh, of your mother in your life. Um, and I think we all need to be able to understand that because they have this personal bond with us and connection with us because they carry us for like nine months before we come here. Yeah. So it, it, it's something real unique about that. And, you know, her love for us was like far greater than I could ever imagine, you know, just as quiet as she was, but behind the scenes, she was quiet, but she was praying at the same time. Absolutely. Another question I had for you, uh, we've talked some on the podcast and, and you touched on it a little bit earlier is, 
the attacks from, from the enemy, from the devil. It can be when you are really trying to bring yourself, I've noticed it personally, bring yourself closer to the Lord, start spending that time. The attacks can be a little more severe or just when you're down in a rough spot, him try to bring you down. Can you talk about some of uh, those type of situations, maybe some tips again for, I know you mentioned not putting yourself in a situation, so to speak, but I do think it's something that we all face from time to time. It's, a, it's an attack that's always there. It's, it's, it's been present throughout time. Yeah, it's an attack that's going to always be there. As long as you're living in this fleshly body, he's going to mm-hmm. always attack you. And once you start realizing that and understanding that and you start speaking scriptures over your life, you know, and rebuking the devourer, like Billy Graham said, and, you know, saying no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, no matter what I'm going through. I mean, it's the word of God that we got to go back to speaking over our life on the attack because the enemy is doing his job. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are don't really understand that, you know, don't don't get mad. Get even with him because he's doing his job. So guess what that means, guys? For us being Christians, we got to do our job. You know, we got to know the word to beat him with. I remember studying Billy Graham uh, books, and he was talking about how Christians don't have victorious because they don't know the word of God. And the enemy beats them up because they don't know the word. And it's in the word, it's in the scriptures that that really brings about our victory over him when he comes against us. Because one thing he does know, he knows the word because he was in heaven. And his name is Lucifer, and he he got kicked out because he wanted to be bigger than God. So we have to understand, I, I need to know this book and these scriptures. So when the, te- the attacks do come, I know how to safeguard myself. I mean, because Jesus, Jesus made it clear in John 10, 10, he said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. abundantly. He's telling us exactly what the enemy is coming to do. He's coming to rob you. He's coming to steal from you and destroy you and your family if I'm not equipped. And that's why we see so many people who are not equipped. They just go to church and they don't have the victory because they just go to church. It's not about being. You got to be the church. The church got to be Absolutely. not just Sunday. It's got to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I got to keep carrying it with me to be able to have the victory over the enemy because the enemy He's clever, man, and and he's good. He's always been that way, and it's like we just got to be, you know, up on our game all the time to defeat him. Yeah, Daryl, uh, another thing that uh, came up in the book that I would like to ask your opinion on is one of the things that you said is uh, Jesus didn't surrender his deity, and he wasn't a martyr. You know, he went through all this pain and suffering and uh, humiliation for love of us, for salvation of us. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, he, he went through everything for us. I mean, he just, when you start understanding him, you know, you won't really truly understand him until you start diving into the Bible. And now you'll start understanding what kind of man that Jesus was. He was a very gentle man, but a very firm person at the same time. And when you think about the love that he has for us, it's, it, it's far greater than anything that you will ever achieve in this life. Uh, for, for him, the love that he has for us and what, he walked through to go through to bring us to this place to understand that we can live freely. We don't have to live with, you know, things hanging over our head and the mistakes that we've made in life. Well, we can continue to go forward, but we go forward and growing inside of him. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us don't grow enough and we stop. And 
the reason why I, I probably know so much because all I do is eat the Bible. You know, I mean, it's just like you can tell why? it's impressive, man. <laughs> it's like, why, why, why eat hamburger when you got steak, the Bible? You know? <laughs> I mean, why keep going to Burger King, eating a burger when you got some real steak sitting in front of you? And the thing about it is, guys, I mean, I always knew it was there, but I didn't know about it until I actually started reading it and I started highlighting it and I started knowing who Jesus was. And once you get, once you really know who Jesus is, you don't need anything else. Now you've, now you've entered in a place where you have great peace about every situation that comes around your life. Is it going to be some trials and tribulations? Yes. But I have this great peace, his peace that surpasses all understanding. Hey, Daryl, do you have a few uh, scripture passages that can maybe get someone started on the path to turning their life around? Like if they're Yeah, I think of uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It, it talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So you got to, you got to be able to trust him first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the key. You got to be able to come to that place. Well, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust God more than I trust anything. Yes. You know. And, and when you can get to that place to start trusting Him, and then you got you got to remember to acknowledge Him in all your ways. You know, acknowledge Him in every way. If it's good, bad. If it's indifferent. If it's hard, I still acknowledge Him. God, I'm going through it. But you know what? I acknowledge You are greater than my problems. And then I just keep moving from there. And then Ephesians. 320, it talks about now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to his power that works in us. It is his wow. power that works in us. That's awesome. I, I, don't oper- I don't operate in myself. We got to get past that. I had to get past that of trying to operate in myself. And I had to start depending on the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in me. And when I started letting him just flow in me and not worrying about, you know, what was going to be said. I, I knew I started a real relationship because it started to operate from the word of God. It wasn't operating from the natural. I think a lot of times we want to operate from the natural instead of the supernatural. And one thing we got to understand about Christ, Christ is not natural. He's supernatural. He's far greater than the natural. So if we can understand those scriptures and put them in our heart and keep them in our belly, then walk them out and start living it and start proclaiming it. Then we start proclaiming the victory over everything that's in our life. Awesome. Thank you. You know, Daryl, I think I'd read or um, heard somewhere along the way. So this is your second book. And this one, I think people have been kind of talking to you about doing, bringing up what calls you to want to do this second book and and the real mission or point behind um, this particular book. Well, because I didn't really want to do it. You know, my wife kept saying, that's what I thought I heard. Yeah. (laughs) God's calling you to write another book. And then I really realized that I needed to write it because it wasn't about me. And, you know, there we are, we always thinking it's about us. And it really wasn't, it was about what God wanted to speak through me and what he had, you know, for me to say, because little did I know I was writing a book and then a pandemic come. So what do you, so how do you deal with that? You know, but he gives me a title. The Holy Spirit gives me a title, turn your season around. Well, guess what? Everybody's going to have to turn their season around after 2020. How do you do that? Well, he says, why don't you use the baseball of how you can turn yourself around in the game? You may go 0 for 2 your first couple at-bats, but then you may come up in the eighth inning, you got first and second. 
Now you got a chance to redeem yourself. Yeah. And, and that happens because you don't quit, you don't give up. And you come up in that situation and boom, I may hit a home run and we may go on to win the ball game. But because, but it, had I sat there and worried about that 0 for 2, I would never come back to that other place to be ready when it's time to go. So and it's just like the same thing in life. You may have six months of life, terrible, going up and down, up and down. But there's another six months left that it could be turned around if you could just keep the faith and believe. Just because you're going through the trials of month, one, two, three months, something, doesn't mean it's over. I, I love God because God, God tests us in all kinds of situations mm -hmm. to see if we're going to just like continue to believe him or are we going to believe the circumstances that we're under. So I would just encourage people, you know, go through them and know that it's a test. And because when we don't pass the test, guys, <clears throat> and I remember a lot of times I didn't pass the test. God will make me start <laughs> all over again because yeah. I didn't pass the test. Yeah, I'm a believer in life. We all have our crosses to bear at times. Different people with different crosses, you know, it can be what is important to one person or what happens to another person, different. And that if life was easy, uh, what would be the point of eternal happiness? So I'm with you on embracing those things. And, and one of our missions is motivating and inspiring people through faith and hope. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important to have hope and to, to keep faith in these type of, uh, you know, when you're going through a valley in life and trying to get back up, uh, the importance of not giving up the hope, so to speak. Well, I think it's important to have good people around you, you know, to be able to encourage you through through the hard times. Because I have a lot of that good people around me. You know, you're gonna have a lot of naysays, and but stay connected with the right people, even in the midst of the storms, because they will help you get through the storms of life. So, and I always tell people, either you're in a storm, are storms on the way, or are you coming mm -hmm. out of a storm? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, a good point. that's true. So, that's a good so, so prepare yourself. You know, I'm gonna be in a storm. I'm coming out of a storm or a storm's on the way. It's, it's either way. So, and that's the, that's, the, that's the part of life that we have to learn to deal with and keep the hope and keep the good people around you, even in the midst of the storms and, and the trials and the tribulations that we may face at a period of time, because we're all going to face them because none of us get away without the test, like I said, from God, is to be able to see who you're going to rely on. And I think when you understand who, who, who rules and reign over you, then I don't, I don't really worry a lot because if I was looking at the news and looking at social media, I, you'd probably be dead. You probably want to kill somebody if you go through that, you know, over and over instead of looking at the principles, look at the principles of the Bible, because what we have to, what I think what we don't understand is people back then there, they had problems too. <laughs> Absolutely. Throughout all time. Yeah. yeah they, had, they had all kinds of problems and issues and, People didn't obey God and they, did, they saw his firm hand. See, we're lucky because Jesus came along and we got grace. See, back in the Old Testament, they didn't get the grace. If you didn't obey God, God would just eliminate you. And he would just like destroy the whole city and stuff like that. So Christ came. So we're living in a time where we get the grace and the time to be able to stay in that place with God and stay committed, regardless of how hard it gets, but stay committed to God. And I think that's where a lot of people don't stay committed with their families and God and think, well, we make everything else important. Me and my wife don't make nothing important, but being in God's will, being in church on Sunday, we ain't got no excuse to be laying at home because I'm tired. I don't want to watch a football game. I can tell you what's going to happen in the football <laughs> there you game. Go, bro. Yeah. I can tell you what's going to happen in the football game. Somebody going to win, somebody going to lose. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
Tell us this, Daryl. We ask every one of our guests before we wrap up the show, uh, who or what is driving your car? That's proverbial for basically what drives your life. Is that God, free will given to you by God, um, which I think those two go back and forth. It could be something uh, like the pandemics, your wife, job. Uh, it could mm-hmm. be different at different times in your life. But what comes to mind when you're asked that question? Who's driving my car? Uh, my wife. My wife is driving my car. <laughs> hey, you know what I say? And I got out of the way and let her drive it. Because yeah. when I started listening to her and following her, God used her to lead me. And I think a lot of times we think we have this ego thing about us being a man. You know, I can handle it. Well, the ego is a three-letter word. Easing God out. Oh. So I completely ease God out and I want to drive my own car. And usually most of the time we drive it off the cliff because God's God has given us a helpmate to help us. He speaks to them in such a way that we never think. And when I f- finally started listening to that, my whole life just went this way instead of having all the troubles that I had before because I wanted to do it my way. So I, I think it's a reason why he gives us a wife, a woman, it's, which is a good thing because Guys, we're crazy if we're not, if we don't have, we're going to get into anything if we don't have some stability in our life. Hey, Daryl, is there anywhere people can reach out to, to find more of your, your resources, kind of your story, your books, like what, uh, where, where's a good place for people to go and reach out and connect with which our web, our webpage, our website is uh, findingyourway.com. And that's our ministry with me and my wife that God blessed us with and, and entrusted us with it. You know, once we got serious about who, he was and didn't getting caught up and consumed with other people, but just focused on helping people. Awesome. Thank you. That's great. Very cool. Well, look, Daryl, we uh, appreciate you coming along for the ride with us today, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I would implore all the listeners to check out the book. It's a great book. Um, I think John even read the first one too, didn't you? Well, about halfway through with the first one. First book is really good. Also, you get a lot of the backstory uh, before the conversion. So it even makes the second book more yeah. powerful. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that, John. Hey, there you go. Well, look, Daryl, we appreciate you uh, coming along for the ride. And until next time, guys, we'll catch y'all later. Aye. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Sing with me